Hi, everybody. It's the other side. Once again, I'm still Cody Byer. I'm Activator. I'm Andrew Erickson. We're going to talk about some shit tonight. Before we talk about some shit, let's talk about some other shit. Well, one of those little things we do before we get to the topic, we talk about other things. Um, now, this episode is going to go weeks, weeks after this was recorded. So this is going to be old news by now, but I still want to get my thoughts out. Saw that uh, the big hyped uh, Goku versus Jiren two-parter hour-long thing. We were talking about it a little before we started recording. Um, I am so fucking ready for this saga to be over. I am ready. I have lit a candle for its eventual end. Um, y'all know we've talked about it. And I fucking love Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball Super is a treat. But I think we can safely say this is the worst saga outside the movie recaps. Yeah. This is the worst original saga. Um, it's been a fucking drag. It's, you know what I'm going to call this fucking saga? I'm going to make up my own stupid name for it. This is the Jobber Saga. Because that's all it's been. Like, look at these new characters. They get their asses kicked. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and then just like, fucking look at this guy Jiren. He doesn't move or talk. <laughs> He's the best thing you've ever seen. He's so strong, how he doesn't move or talk. He's Jiren's just standing t- there, menacingly. Jiren's entire personality can be summed up as that one shot of Super Saiyan 2 Gohan that all the kids were in love with in the mid-2000s. When he first went Super Saiyan 2 and he was mad at Cell and he stood there, hmm, that's Jiren's entire personality is that shot of Gohan. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, that sounds Cody's just waiting for Dragon Ball to return to the same level of quality it had when King Piccolo was around. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? A- you know what Jiren actually is. It's like um, it's like the entire arc is like the intro to the fucking Powerpuff Girls. Like Toriyama is Professor Utonium, and he's trying to mix up all these characters, you know, like with personalities and powers. And so on, he wants all of them to present a respectable challenge. So he's got like his, uh, his uh, little container where all the respectable challenge liquid is in. And he accidentally hits that and it pours all exclusively on Jiren, <laughs> who didn't have his personality yet. <laughs> so that's why no everyone else is vastly more interesting, but completely sucks and gets demolished. Whereas Jiren is just like, no, I'm stronger infinity times one. I mean, shocker, everybody. I know no one saw this coming when we said this. But when we said that he heard a rumor that one of the universes had a mortal that was that was so strong, even God of Destruction couldn't beat him. Shocker, it turned out to be Jiren. And I, I know was expecting we're all... it to be Ribrion. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> also, I was so sick of her. Because the entire first fucking half of the first episode of this two-parter was Goku fighting her. And says, everything is love. Love, 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 love. Shoots hearts. Love, love, love. Like, okay, the magical girl bit was funny at first. You have officially run it into the ground. If this bitch says the word love one more time, I'm going to slit my own wrists. Did you get well, I stand, off? Well, I stand free in front of you people in a pool of my own blood. Because she kept fucking saying it. Like, and then she got kicked, Goku just kicked her at Jiren's feet, and then apparently now she got the idea because she was at Jiren's feet that Jiren's going to confess his love to her or some shit. I don't know. Vegeta fucking beat shit out of her because she was going to 
attack Goku while he's charging a fucking spirit bomb. Okay. Like, it... Just, it, it's, it, the fight was just so... It was basically just Jack and Jiren off. It was the whole fucking thing. It was Jack and Jiren off. Look, Goku can't stand a chance. Goku can't even land the hit on him. Oh, even Super Saiyan Blue doesn't work. And I'm sitting here like, you know, um, I don't know if you know, but uh, Super Saiyan Blue didn't work on the last uh, Saga boss either. So it's not really like anything amazing, but you're treating it like it's amazing. And then it's like, oh, it turns out he's mortal stronger than a god of destruction. What are you going to do? Even a god of destruction could be. And I'm like, well, you know, uh, we had that last saga too. In fact, we had two guys that were stronger than a god of destruction. And they fought each other. And it was kind of like the best fight in the franchise. Um, so we've seen that too. So you kind of need to do more than that. Oh, you're not? Oh, he doesn't have a personality. Oh, okay. So he's just going to stand there, never emoting. Making that same exact face. Oh, but now he's not crossing his arms anymore. Oh, oh, we've made progress. No, he's just standing there. Yeah. And now he's... Like, at one point he's pushing the spirit bomb back. First of all, I'm yelling at the screen like a black man. Like, that's not gonna work! We know that the spirit... If you're a good person, you can smack the spirit bomb back. I was there for the Vegeta fight. I saw it happen. And Jiren is obviously... He's a fucking hero in his universe... He's probably saved the world a lot. He's not. He's gonna be able to smack it back. And what do you know? He pushes it back. Jiren's got the same power as Ryu in Street Fighter. He is so incredibly, ultimately bland and without personality. He can channel the power of nothingness and just deflect all attacks. <laughs> to weaponize blandness. Yes. Like and and that, but this is the dumbest thing. He's he's got his arms out and he's struggling a little bit. But then when Jiren decides to get serious, he puts his arms down and glares at it, and that pushes it farther. So Jiren is does better when he's fucking standing there doing nothing. That's his fucking superpower is to just stand there and do nothing. So fucking amazing. And then he does the same shit Hit does, where it's like he just stands there, doesn't move, and then Goku gets like the shit kicked out of him, like he got hit a million times, like fucking Dio shit. It's like, oh, we saw that already with Hit, and it wasn't even as cool looking as Hit. Didn't have the fucking prism sparkles. It was just fucking red pow effects. This guy sucks. You could also <laughs> say that, like, if the entire arc is like kids, similar to kids fighting in a playground, and on is like, ah, I, I'm Goku. I can do the kamehameha, and so on. They do like all the motions and are just having fun and a good time. Then Jiren is just that one kid that doesn't even bother pretending anything and just stands there and is like, no, and I beat all of you because I, I got like the super power of everything and I'm the strongest in all the universes and uh, my power beats yours because I said so. Yeah, it's it's so bad. Jiren is like Balrog. He's got lots and lots of powers. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jiren you see. is pretty much... Okay. All, the, all the other characters are like kids playing, and Jiren is a lamppost. <laughs> One of the kids ran headfirst into him and fell over. <laughs> no, no! It's the I ultimate I did a spirit threat. bomb and it didn't work. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad. Yeah. But the, there, there were still good things in it, especially Frieza. Frieza's up to some shit. Everybody else is marveling at this display of power, and Frieza's just thinking, like, I'm gonna use this. But we don't know what he's gonna do. But he's thinking. He's plotting shit. Because Frieza and Master Roshi have been the only fucking saving graces since the tournament started. Yeah. It, Actually, it, it, once all the Jiren scenes are out, 
Can someone just edit an AMV together with the Jiren scenes to protect my balls? <laughs> Here's really like if Cartman was playing Dragon Ball. Like, yeah, I, I'm stronger than you. In fact, I'm so strong I can I can push a spirit bomb without even moving because I'm I'm mysterious, <laughs> uh, mythical mortal that's stronger than a god of destruction. He would totally do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Actually, he wouldn't do that anymore because it seems that they left their writing towels in their other pants. <laughs> that that um that PC season was like the fucking swan song for South Park. They kind of blew their wad on that one, yeah. Yeah, they, after that, it's just been really weak. Yeah, I mean, South Park has never been this great anyway, but... <gasps> yeah. Uh, but Jesus. We're not going to do shit about Donald Trump. He has basically entire season about <laughs> Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, it's, that, that year, that was a letdown, man, for an hour-long thing. God, and so much time was wasted. That spirit bomb fucking, but that's like the kind of beam duels that we thought we left behind. It's, I it's can't wait for the next one-hour special where, uh, Vegeta fights Rebrian. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome, you guys. <laughs> I can't even say that ironically. <laughs> It's it's just so I was so pissed. It was cool stuff like the end, little bit like Goku ran out of power, ran out of steam. His new transformation thing they've been hyping turned out to be a temporary thing. Uh, and then he like gets teleported away and he's like, "Where do you go?" And then fucking he's like behind in the shadowed area where no one can see him and fucking Frieza's about to blast him in the face. And Frieza, man, for as bad as this arc has been. One of the best things about it's been Frieza. This dude has been more awesome than he's ever been. Yes. Like holy shit! Like his he's had the best lines. He's been fucking badass the entire time. Just this is just he's mm, been trolling fi- himself from another universe. <laughs> he fucking pulled one over on alternate universe him. Just mm, 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 mm. vintage Frieza. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful Frieza. And he's fucking oh god! The lines he had in this episode were great. Um, he, everybody's off, like, uh, giving their power to Goku's spirit bomb, and even Frieza does it. And he's like, I, like, I'm some bad memories of this attack, but go ahead, have the great Lord Frieza's energy. Um, and then, like, after he, after he takes Goku to the very end, he's got this fucking beam in his face, and he's like, this is bringing back some memories, isn't it? From back on planet Namek, with a fucking smile on his face and a fucking death beam charger right in Goku's face. <laughs> What's Freezy gonna do? He probably not even gonna kill him. He probably gonna be like, I could have killed you. I could have killed you. I want you to think about that while you fucking sit there. <laughs> I'm gonna use you as a meat shield later or some shit. It's been just, mmm, excellent. Oh excellent. Vintage, again, vintage. Mm, mm, mm. Love it. Uh, yeah, it was just, that spirit bomb thing was just so tedious. It's like, oh no, he's pushing it back. Oh, but Goku's pushing it. Oh, but he's pushing it. Oh, they're just, just pushing it. And now they're just smushing it. They just keep pushing. Here's more lights. They keep on pushing. They keep on pushing. You know, they should have just skipped that entire scene, the one hour special. Should have just been like Roshi molesting people in the audience. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was, it was, uh, that was rough, but there were cool things in it, but I am just beyond ready for this saga to be over. I think this is going to get going to pick up either at the end of this fight or after. I feel like Jiren's going to go out, probably Goku will go out either with him or shortly after, and then like some extra shenanigans will happen with the leftovers, and then we're going to get whatever fuck Freeze has been plotting. 
Now, don't you know what's really the worst part? That they didn't utilize Tien. <laughs> uh... Yeah, this fucking uh, Plague of Gripes videos. That dude should just stick to drawing porn. Because he's a fucking idiot. I'm going back to my Saiyan waifus to make me feel better. <laughs> we have gold freeze, but where's gold tin? <laughs> it's all about... Pa- I, l- I love, too, where he says, like, the the villains in Dragon Ball Z are all... They all do the same stuff. They're all the same. The villains in Dragon Ball were more diverse. Yeah, like, you know, P- King Piccolo's diverse abilities of shoot a blast with one arm and shoot lasers from eyes. Or shoot diverse- lasers from antenna. Or the diverse abilities of Monster Carrot. <laughs> I mean, like... He, who need Who needs fucking space emperors with fucking... Uh, stabby beams they fucking tur- transform into the author's nightmares who needs fucking uh, bug monster man discovering the true purpose of his being while he has everybody's moves from ever and then he fucking puts on a tournament because lol like that's his entire motivation is lol or who needs pink bubblegum demon that morphs and mutates and does all kinds of crazy body shit and tears his arm off to make red and wraps up Vegeta and beats the shit out of him and turns people into candy in mass and eats them and who needs all that shit? We got Green Man. He holds his he holds one arm forward and he grabs it and he shoots a blast. That's some fucking unique shit right there. Tien grew four arms. Who needs Bubblegum Demon? We got a dude grew more arms. It's like Mortal Kombat up in here. I don't fucking need any of your magic. I well, don't that's, need... that's pretty much the ultimate power. He can punch <laughs> four dudes at once, or he can punch <laughs> one dude four times. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about going inside the body of a magic demon and fighting him growing out of the walls while trying to save your friends from the little cysts in his brain. <laughs> Fuck that! Dude, that clown floats! That's <laughs> well, the they, shit, they man! All float down here. <laughs> that fucking clown floats! That dude got wait, an extra so does, eye! Wait, so does that mean that OG Dragon Ball has an underage gangbang? Oh, <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, look. It's just a fact. OG Dragon Ball. Not as fucking clever as you fucking make it out to be. I don't care if teenagers like Dragon Ball Z. I don't care if you're desperate to look smarter and above because you can't like what teenagers like. Or you can't like what ghetto kids like because then you don't look enlightened. But you're just going to accept the fact if you're into Dragon Ball Z was just better. There's just no getting around that. I like the smart and enlightened version of Dragon Ball with the poop jokes. (laughs) Remember the part where... They had an invisible man, so to defeat him, they had Bulma flash Master Roshi so he would spit blood out of his nose and cover the invisible man so they could see him. Now that's a fight right there. <laughs> Goku Remember? versus Vegeta? <laughs> Move over, Goku versus Vegeta. We got fucking Goku, we got fucking whoever fought Bacterion. We Bacterion, got now that was a villain. in a bottle, which <laughs> happened. Fuck you. Like, no, care. look. Z was better. Hey, here's Goku's dick again. <laughs> Just in case you missed it the last 50 times. <laughs> Z was better by, like, a 
fucking metric truckload. I will never understand this love of ten tension, Han. Like, why isn't he? Why isn't he in more? Toriyama just forgot about him. No, because he has nothing to him. He sucks. He has zero personality beyond, I want to get strong. I'm going to meditate. I'm a serious martial arts man. Here's my clown friend. That's all there is to him. That's why Toriyama doesn't use him. Toriyama likes to focus on characters that have traits that he can work with and expand on and play off other characters. Tien doesn't have that. His greatest feat was inconveniencing Cell. He fucking... (laughs) The stupidest... Game plan on Earth in the fucking tournament. I will. I will make four of myself. That makes me weaker. That is how I will. I will uh, fool the sniper by just throwing meat shields made out of me that weaken me when I make them. This is a good plan. I have an attack that can blind people. I choose not to use it. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Exactly. What a retard. <laughs> he fucking invented that attack. He invented that attack, and Krillin perfected it. Yeah. <laughs> so what's he been doing? Oh, no, he's got a dojo. He's teaching nobodies how to fight. Meanwhile, fucking Roshi's been training in secret and ended up being fucking stronger than he is. Yeah. You suck. You suck, Tien, and people that like you are dumb. My favorite character is the dude with the boring design and the boring personality because he grew four arms once. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm pretty sure that Roshi has a stronger motivation, though. Because he is always right. striving to be better able to molest people. Yeah. Also, Roshi's episode in the tournament was the manliest shit. That's like some fucking, like, Fist of the North Star. Not like the episode is like Fist of the North Star, but it's like your reaction is like Fist of the North Star with Kenshiro crying that single tear with all the shadowing on him. That's, that's what that Roshi episode was. That Even fucking Beerus sees that. It's like, what's that man's name? I respect that man. Hey, remember when Goku, like, refused taking the job of God of Destruction in the future? That is all just foreshadowing to Roshi becoming the God of Destruction. <laughs> <laughs> because as we all know, he is Pussy Destroyer. It's Roshi in that fucking God of Destruction outfit. Yes. But his name doesn't fit the beer theme. He's going to have to get a name change. Well, he does drink a lot of beer, though. <laughs> well, no, no, his name's already pretty close. He'll be Master Rufy. <laughs> <laughs> Rufy, the God of Destruction. <laughs> yes. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, that's... Still this is now canon. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, though, this this arc this arc's had some cool shit in it, but hands down, it's the worst in Super, and it's just made worse by the fact that it came right after Zamasu. Like it wasn't even like a middle arc that was like okay, and then Zama- no, no, it's just it went from the height of this franchise. To Jobber Town, starring Plank of Wood as the Mary Sue villain. <laughs> oh God! At least next week's episode looks like it's going to be cool. It's it's Hit fighting Jiren, and Hit. Well, I guess he's figured, oh, Jiren's so strong, he's going to use his kill moves, and it looks like it actually makes Jiren fight, and it's not going to be like Hit jobbing for Jiren. 
It looks like they actually have a for reals fight. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping it's going to be good. For God's sakes, I need some good shit. <laughs> I need I something to latch on. for Jiren to go again. No, your time stop doesn't work on me because I'm Jiren. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Goku showed you can break out of his time thing, but even then, he's got other shit. Like, <clears throat> fuck it. You know what it's probably going to be? I'm guaranteed. I mean, we'll probably know by the time this airs. But it's probably going to be like, because Hit's got the whole thing where he could figure you out like that. So he's going to figure out what the secret to Jiren's power and why he's fucking, he stands still and does nothing and shit happens. He's going to figure that shit out. He's like, I know how you work. And he might, like, lose. But everybody like, hey, Hit figured him out. This is what we got to do, guys. Let's get him. Hit's actually been using steroids the entire time. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I just hope, I need, I need something. Like, hit, Roshi got knocked out. All I got left is Frieza. It's all I got left to entertain me. I figured out why you don't move. The animation budget ran out. <laughs> <laughs> animation budget Jiren's... was like pretty. It's pretty up and down too. Like there'd be no movement, and sudden, and suddenly it's just, whoo, just, just slick shit. It looked like it was done by the same animation director as the, the when when go, when we first had uh, when they took Frieza out of the afterlife, and there was that fight with the assassins, and it was like really fucking pretty, and you had the, the Goku Frieza fight little thing in there and it was like fucking gorgeous and it's in really cool art style it looked like it was the same guy right down to Frieza's smile like with the way that the face wrinkled or whatever it was like oh that's that guy because you can kind of tell there's certain people working on it by like style of certain things I think it was the same guy it was, the animation pretty up and down though and that fucking spirit bomb thing was just the laziest shit like, oh god this is have to last as long as it's lasting so when do we get to see Goku and Frieza just standing in an elevator? <laughs> no, we're going to have... Goku's going to be all beat up. Frieza's going to hold him, pick him up, and hold him. And just hold him still for a minute and a half. <laughs> With some opera playing. There was some cool rock music, though, in this episode. Oh, yeah, and there's a new end, new credit song. Jiren literally is the ultimate still frame. Uh, it's not It's not going to be opera, it's going to be that song Vegeta was singing about all of the gods. <laughs> but um, For a minute and a half. <laughs> it's going to be, um... Oh, yeah, I was just saying, there's, there's a new ending. Thank God. And it's, like, not only way better than the last one, because the last one was just trash. Horrible. Just trash. Awful. But this one's, this one's probably the best in all of Super. This is actually a really good fucking song. Huh. So, there's another thing to look forward to. Well, Boogie so, Back was pretty good, so... This is even better than Boogie Back. Way better than Boogie Back. It's actually pretty kick-ass. Um, but yeah, so the the, the one-hour special was kind of... Uh, free. Whenever Frieza wasn't on screen, people should have been asking, where's Frieza? Oh, who's this jeering guy? Get him out of here. Get him out of here. We, saw, <laughs> we, we, already, we already saw better than you. Like, again, two characters, not just one. Two characters. You're just stupid. Go away. Go away, Ningen. So what's going to happen once uh, Jiren is defeated? Are they just going to get some more jobbers? Or is there... Oh, no, wait, there's actually a guy who's even stronger than Jiren. No, I think what's going to happen is my prediction. Jiren's going to get knocked out. Right? Goku's going to get knocked out. Goku's not going to be the last man standing in in this match, in this tournament. Goku's going to get knocked out. Then we're going to have, like, the leftovers fighting. And it's going to be, like, people that are weakened... Struggling. If you know Vegeta, he's been staying out. So I think Vegeta might be the one that we win it for Universe Seven. 
That's what I'm thinking. That's my theory. Just or Frieza win. Or it's going to be Gohan. If it's not Vegeta, it's going to be Gohan. Ugh. It's Gohan. Because <laughs> remember, Gohan, Gohan is like the, the team captain. He's the, he's the smart one, and he's and this is supposed to be he's part of his... He's the bland one. Yeah, well, he's supposed to be having this kind of character growth with this whole work. thing. If you, if you remember the whole, like, oh, I have all these personal flaws and I'm trying to overcome them. So that might... It's either going to be Vegeta or Gohan is going to win it for Universe 7. And after Jiren gets knocked out, it's going to be so the left, like I said, the leftovers. Because there's a lot from that one. I forget. I think I forget what number it is, but the universe, it's all robots and shit. Uh, They've probably got the most left, so they're going to have some fucking tricks. They're going to have some tricks and traps. Oh joy! And we'll and we'll probably get the resolution. Whatever the fuck Freeze has been planning. Those are always the most fun ones, the gimmick ones. <laughs> or. Watch him do the, cause this, I will give Super this, man. What I love about Super, you can't, they, they'll pull a fucking curveball on you. Did anyone see Zamasu winning <laughs> happening? Did anyone see that shit coming? That Zamasu would successfully wipe out the, the multiverse in that timeline? No. Uh, so it'll throw fucking curveballs. I mean, like I said, in the last two sagas, Goku fucking lost. Goku's also- actually, Due for a victory, because he's lost every new saga. Also, uh, Gohan's entire personality can be summed up in that one Idups clip. You know the one. I'm gay. <laughs> so yeah, Goku's due for a victory, so he's gonna beat Jiren, and then he's gonna like fall out or something. So it would be it would be fucking curveball. If all of a sudden, it's fucking Frieza. That wins it, and then he takes Super Dragon Balls, and whatever Frieza wishes is like the setup for the next saga. That would be slick. Fucking, you know, I would be okay with all the other universes being permanently erased, as long as that meant that we never have to see Jiren again. (laughs) Like, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I think, I think though, what's gonna happen is like, is a hey, Zeno. Let's bring them universes back. Let's bring them universes back. Look how fun this was. See how people can get stronger and better. You don't have to race universes. Let's bring them back. Except you, you and fuck that guy. <laughs> you can do this on a regular basis. You have regular tournaments. Wasn't this fun? Don't you want to do this again? They'll be like, yeah. Who saw how easily he was talked out of it by that fucking wolf guy in the fucking exhibition match? It's almost like children are retarded. <laughs> so probably do that, and then. Probably bring everybody back. Jiren will come back and be like, I thought you were evil, but I respect you. You fought me really well. And fucking fist bump of friendship or some shit. And then it'll maybe and set then up they the suck time. each other's dicks. <laughs> no, everybody else has been busy sucking Jiren's dick. It's already, it's already claimed. <laughs> it's already claimed by Toriyama. <laughs> so yeah, that's just Dragon Ball Super. This is my... That is much better than what we're actually going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, speaking of sucking dick, huh? <laughs> so I guess it's sort of a... Th- we're having a theme with the last couple of episodes of Netflix originals. Uh... Um, well, we talked about Castlevania a while back. Talked about Death Note. Now we're talking about fucking Neo Yokio. That's right, it's Neo Yokio. We watched that shit. <laughs> Who <Hoo> boy! <laughs> yeah, we heard it was bad. Yeah. We knew it would be bad. But not this bad. This is a special kind of bad. It doesn't matter if I look (laughs) at this from the perspective of the last Netflix show I watched or the last anime I watched. This is a severe downgrade either way. (laughs) Like, this is... 
Hey everyone, did you want Musashi Gundo Jaden Smith edition? <laughs> I want to come with you and learn the ways of Marxism. This this confound me a lot of love. Like I've been a I've been an enthusiast of bad entertainment for a long time. I've made this clear, especially bad movies, especially low budget bad movies. This this though this threw me for a loop, and I've seen some shit. I've seen Harmony Korine films. I've seen. I've seen um oh my god was that one director's name fucking left my brain that one the guy the guy that does the awful movies that's all the plot to Predator oh my god what was his name they featured a bunch on Best of the Worst on Red Letter Media I've totally forgotten it some Italian guy I've seen a bunch of Italian films I've seen Argentinian films have you ever seen Swamp of the Ravens that shit make your head hurt. What the fuck is this movie? Why is it showing actual footage from an autopsy? Wh- how, where did they get that? <laughs> Why would they put it in their movie? I, I mean, I, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, it, it, but Neo Yokio is on another level, and the reason that it's on another level... <clears throat> well, Should we get to the, the premise first before we start getting the specifics? Oh, what fuck. premise is just a whole bunch of different ideas the writers have that they threw together for no reason. Just, just shit happens. Just Alright, so New York City <laughs> is underwater and it's called Neo Yokio and there are demons and Well no, it's not underwater, only part of it's underwater. Well, yeah. Part of it's above the water. I wish all of it was underwater. I I'm not sure what's going on there because Okay, the sea level is high enough that the World Trade Center is underwater, but the rest of the city still exists somehow. But it, yeah, but it's like it's it's New York, but it was never New York. Like there's still the World Trade Center for one. Yeah. But, but it's it was always called Neo Yokio, and it was always. <laughs> Where's the original <laughs> Yokio? I can't even follow the 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 tone of this show. What? It tone? feels like it's supposed to have comedy, but there's well, it goes into what I'm going to talk about later. But is it goofy? It doesn't feel like it's goofy, but then it gets goofy. But it's not like a one-piece mix the goofy with the serious, but it's just goofy and serious? It's a baffling show. Alright guys, check out my social commentary, and here's our Ranma episode. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was made by, what's his name, Azer Koenig? Yeah. That, that turbo faggot? Who was that? He's like some... Let me find exactly what he is. All I know is he's some fucking trust fund baby that does movies or a band or something. And he's like this hyper liberal. That explains it. That explains it. So he was just writing what he knew because every character in this is just some vain rich person. Yeah, he's a musician. Oh, he's he's the, that's right, he's the lead guy from Vampire Weekend. Ugh. What? Indie pop type. Indie rock, indie pop, shit. Okay, I'm, start- like, not the- I'm starting to understand now how this turned out the way it did. This is a dude... You know, if you can think of the most stereotypical um, fucking virtue-signaling lefty, Ezra Koenig. Great. Yeah, it's... it's he's a cartoon caricature. Um, oh and he likes to get, of course, in Twitter fights with people. And was there one guy in the show that was called Donald? Was that a Donald <coughs> Trump reference or? Might have been. I mean, he kind of had like the the comb over to an extent. So, the only reason I'm not sure was because that depiction was not nearly venomous enough. 
So it might not have been Donald Trump. It might have just been a coincidence. It's it's hard to tell. It's um, hard to tell anything with this fucking it show. It really is. Uh, like this is so fucking inept. This is this is next level bad. It's like a robot made this. You know, it's it, yeah. It is like this felt like it was generated. And I'm gonna get into specifics of that because I'm 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 chomping at the bits to get to this point. But I want to at least. Explain to the people what Neo Yokio is about, because I know most people listening aren't going to watch it. Well, I think character- that uh, I think that if it was generated by a robot, it would have at least had some decent animation. Because uh. <laughs> the way it looks, I mean, Netflix is a big company; they have money to throw around. But for some reason, Neo Yokio looks like they animated it on a budget of about twenty pesos and a can of string beans. <laughs> oh, by the way, cautionary warning: like, if you're listening to this and. Like, at the end of this episode, you're considering, hey, maybe I should watch Neo Yokio myself. It sounded really bad. It's probably going to be entertaining. No, don't. It's, it's not, not entertaining. Even, yeah, it's not like, entertaining bad. It's, it's baffling. It's not, it's, not, it's not good, and it's not even funny bad. It's just really bad and boring and annoying. Yeah, every... It, and it really goes to show... The, it, it, there's just so many things I want to say at once, but it really is written by a fucking West Coast, high society, hyper liberal fucking caricature. Like everything about the show, it's it's Explains all about. Why Miles is such a big fan? Yeah, Miles from Crunchyroll loves this show. If you need any more reason to know that this guy is just gay, built built from the ground up to be just a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, really, if there's a god, he was. Mat- ridiculous in making this guy like i want to make this guy a piece of shit but hey i just married but let me go over my twitter feed (laughs) i mean let's really build like get in there for the subatomic level just subatomic fucking poo emojis that's his atoms this is poo emojis (laughs) like like yeah he said he's fucking he's in during his fucking wedding he's he's buying anime on amazon and tweeting anime shit at his fucking wedding first day of his honeymoon and he's just on twitter (laughs) Bitching about fucking piracy. Hey, hold on, honey. I know it's our wedding night. But I gotta guy's debunk got... some pirates on Twitter. <laughs> I know it's our wedding night, but this man is torrenting. <laughs> a loser. I'm Sorry, sorry, honey. I know that you really wanted to enjoy the French Alps, but I must dispense anime justice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that motherfucker's gonna get cheated on <laughs> if he's not already. I was gonna say, what do you mean it's gonna? Oh my god, just getting yeah. He he got the. That's why he's got the beard and glasses. He was getting preparation for his future as a cuck. Bull. Oh my god, but yeah, he's he loves this show, and this show is just <clears throat> okay. Well, let's get the premise. You have this guy. The main character has the dumbest name in the world, Kaz Khan. Which sounds like the villain's name. He has a Japanese name, but he's black, because every but other character a, has to be black in this. Well, here's the thing about him being black. He's drawn like a white guy. White guy. He's got the features of a white guy, but he's just got brown skin. Cause I'm already a demon. <laughs> like, his his black friends look like black guys, but he straight up has, he just looks like generic anime man with Caucasian features, but he's got brown ass skin. And pink dreadlocks. That's all of them. Like it's it's ridiculous. It it drives me nuts. And he's like a special exorcist kind of thing. He fights demons that possess people. 
But the demons, the demons are just fucking, not even mist. They're just a fucking ink blobs. They're also they, complete non-threats and don't really affect the society in any meaningful way. Yeah, never really a, an, a real obstacle. And then yeah, these sup- the demons just kind of su- mind their own business. Yeah. The supposed people. premise of the backstory of New Yokio is that there were like demons in this place. So like in the 19th century or whatever, the government decided to give citizenship to like magicians in exchange for them exterminating the demons, which they more or less did. So because that like the descendants of the magicians are like really rich people now. So they're the magisticracy. Yeah, yeah. No and, joke, they're actually calling it that. Yeah, and and the uh, and he, his powers as an exorcist are ill-defined, just blasts. Yeah, he, he just shoots ma- lightning. Yeah, he's a kamehameha. He fires a kamehameha demon. In in episode. the first in the first episode, he basically kills a man. <laughs> I mean, the guy for some reason is unharmed, but like uh, he and his rival. Uh, are bickering to each other in the expensive clothing shop and the main character just blasts him through several walls with a lightning bolt and he just seems to be mildly annoyed at that i guess people in this show are made out of like titanium or something and and the 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 guy that runs the shop just doesn't react to this this is just fine to him yeah he doesn't give a shit but uh, speak of the story it's because it's because these two characters at the top of the bachelor board yeah, there's a, a list, like, on a tall tower of the most eligible bachelors, and everyone treats it as, like, an important thing. It's like the neo Yokio equivalent of Times Square and just has this giant board with men's names on it. <laughs> yeah. I want to know who runs that ranking. Like, who is responsible for determining, okay, you're the most eligible bachelor in the city. Who it's has that job? probably, like, the old guy in the wig, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to him later. Yes. Also, like, why isn't there a board for women? Why is it only men? <laughs> it's very sexist. Yeah, exactly. Especially since this show likes to throw around buzzwords like that. Yeah. And also, the store clerk is played by Richard Iowate. Most people know him from the IT crowd, the IT crowd. Um, I'm more familiar with him from Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is, again, one of the funniest shows ever fucking made. If you haven't seen it, fucking go see it. Um, I was kind of sad to hear him in this, but you could also tell he doesn't care and doesn't really want to be there because of his performance. Uh, well, all but, that's uh, everyone, though. Yeah, but, uh, apparently he's done, uh, videos for Vampire Weekend, which oh. I guess is how he got into the show. But, yeah, it's, uh... Hey, by the way, I've got the perfect example for those listening like, who want evidence of how terrible this show is. And how much the main character sucks at the same time. There's a scene, I think it's already in the first episode, where the main character is moping because his girlfriend left him, since she's now in San Francisco, because, you know, gotta name drop the other fucking uh, liberal paradise. And he goes on his robot butler to fly to the graveyard with... And both of them, like, bring roses and so on, so you'd think, oh, he's probably gonna visit, like, the grave of a parent... Or a friend, or any- no, he has his own gravestone, and he lies down on it, being depressed. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then, that and then is he has a conversation. Next, that is next level emo. And they're they're 
The show's so baffling and has shit like this with main character. People swear up and down it's supposed to be some kind of parody. Of what? Mopey anime leads like Shinji. Shinji was never. <laughs> I mean, Shinji actually had a reason to be sad beyond, oh, my girlfriend moved to San Francisco. Yeah, not to mention, like, the kind of whiny and mopey that the main character of this is. This isn't the same thing as Shinji. Like, Shinji was, com- Shinji was like, complaining about the situation that he's, he was in and was to some extent valid. Like, this guy is whining and moping because of spoiled rich people problems. Like, this guy is an entitled millennial trust fund baby, pretty much. Yeah. Like, in the first scene, you have him take, like, a watch that was, like, made in 1911 or whatever the fuck, and he just tosses it downwards onto the street where it gets run over after it just got repaired. Because, you know, like, ah, fuck, my girlfriend left me. Yeah, fuck this thing. I can buy a new one. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Past the point, I enjoyed how inhuman all the characters are because it, it took on a Sonichu quality where this is obviously not written by somebody who understands people. And it's just... I don't know, I like seeing how fucked up everyone is because they're just obsessed with the most trivial bullshit. It's like, oh no, I need to worry about my position on the Bachelor board. I need to get a Toblerone. The world's about to end. <laughs> And everyone is such a condescending and arrogant piece of shit against the non-rich. I'm you know, supposed to go to a ball with a black tux, but I got a midnight blue tux. This is the end of my life. And meanwhile, yeah. there are these slums. Yeah, and <laughs> then in the final, in the final episode, the sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, in the final episode, then the main character briefly <laughs> pretends to feel bad and give a shit about the people dying in the slums like for one second it's like oh wait i gotta I got do this shit yeah he I, suddenly... I gotta go back to playing cricket and being depressed he suddenly pretends to have empathy for these people he was just running them over like five minutes before <laughs> yeah and five minutes after he doesn't give a shit anymore well to put in perspective the creator ezra koenig um should kill son- himself yeah uh he's the son of a of like a rich psychotherapist and a fucking um like a set designer for film and TV. Ooh. Uh dude lived on the fucking grew up on the upper west side of Manhattan. Oh god. Yeah. Um and for all our friends in Poll, he's Jewish. Ugh. Echo, the, echo, echo, echo. Jewish, Jewish. Um yeah, this is all this guy knows. Neo Yokio is basically a look into Andrew Koenig's brain beyond his uh, beyond his crazy rantings on twitter uh because who boy yes um like i'm I'm just casually going through his twitter right now i've already reached a retweet from rightwingwatch.org um of course uh retweets um people responding to trump oh of course does he also retweet the guy with the pedo mustache? Uh, got no, some other, some other dude. Um, okay. Of course, gun control, uh, virtue signaling, and then Neo Yokio fan art. Hey, you know, by the way, you know what this comes off as? Like, the, the way that the characters are, and considering what we know about the writer, and the scene, this one scene with the main character pretending to care about the plight of the poor people or whatever the fuck. 
Like the entire thing comes off as with the way the main character is behaving, the shit he cares about, as pretty much something written from the perspective of like a spoiled trust fund liberal douchebag asshole. But like someone who thinks he cares about the the plight of others and is, you know, so feeling and empathetic, but in reality has nothing but contempt, you know, for these dirty, vile, poor people. Because, you know, if they were if they were so cool, then why aren't they rich? They probably voted for Trump. They should all kill themselves. It's, I mean, literally his, his Twitter is absolutely nothing but virtue signaling. Nothing but lefty talking points, virtue signaling. Uh, here's a nice one with the, like, oh, look, this is how long it took to reload a musket. This is when they had a Second Amendment. We were never meant for automatic weapons. What the fuck's a machine gun? What do you mean they had machine guns in the 18th century? But m- m- muskets, um, it really is fucking virtue signaling, and then occasionally, oh, yeah, I made that Neo-Yokio thing. So are we just going to ignore that the vast majority of people that get killed by gun deaths, even if you subtract all the suicides, are get getting killed by handguns? Yeah, but the, the Second Amendment was never made for not muskets. Also, by the way, machine guns are already illegal. Also, here is um, now they're trying to be snarky against people that wear American flag uh, clothes. Um, of course, this is saying U.S. Flag Code Chapter Ten: the flag should never be used as wedding, wearing apparel, bedding, or drapery. Of course, it's not applied to flag-patterned clothing. This is referring to an actual flag, but I guess uh, this quote, Beardy McBeard face uh, seems to be a very intelligent man. No, now they care much... about the integrity of the flag. <laughs> Let's set it on fire again. Yeah, this is, a, this is a cartoon character that created this show. This show is a, uh, a fascinating little look into his brain. It really is. Like, first of all, Ezra Koenig is not a talented man. I don't know if everyone's ever heard Vampire Weekend. Um, first of all, you can tell by the twee little, uh, little snarky title of it, Vampire Weekend. No, no. This is why so, I don't buy that Neo Yoku is a parody because it feels like it was written by a, uh, written from a place of sincerity. Like even not knowing anything about uh, Ezra Koenig, it just. <laughs> It feels like he was actually trying, and he thinks, yeah, this is good. This is a good show. Also, for something to be a parody, it has to actually parody something. Yeah. Yeah, this is like when Chris chances that Sonichu is a parody. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it all isn't. The, all this is doing is just playing some anime tropes straight and have a character that's an entitled whiny narcissist. Yeah, this that's is... It. A, this is That's it. That's basically how you can tell this ain't a fucking parody. That's Ezra Koenig. Yeah. That's him. And, J- and Jaden Smith. Yeah, that's him. That's their, that's why he got Jaden Smith to do it. Jaden Smith did on this. That's them. That's their life. That's their mindset. This is, there's no parody here. That's them. Yeah. I mean, how that guy even talks like, uh, fucking Jaden Smith's tweets. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> I was half expecting him at any point to go, how, how can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? <laughs> <laughs> like, you have that scene very early on when, uh, Kaz is moping and talking about how melancholic and depressed he is, and then he flies away on his mecca, and I... That's every scene. Well, <laughs> the first time it happened, <laughs> out of many, I felt like, yeah, 
yeah, that's pretty much how these people would act in real life if they you know, if these mecha existed. Yeah. This is oh the my other... god! I didn't I didn't get the perfect super expensive suit I wanted for the high elitist millennial party. The the world's gonna end. The horror. Why are you seeing people dying in slums? Ah, who gives a shit? They probably voted Trump. Yeah, like this is the writers writing what they know. Yeah, they just put is. they just put demons in it, and part of the city is flooded. It's, it's absolutely it. Like it's just fucking. Stupid. But the the thing that I really wanted to get on this show, that just just drove me up a wall. A fashion it's, blogger. No, there's there's more shit. Obviously, specifics. But I'm talking about the greater thing. Of the show. Oh, okay. This feels like it was did not have a director. It feels yeah. like it was generated by some kind of program. This feels, feels like, like it, it didn't have a writer either. It feels it feels like it was, was made by whoever makes those fucking finger family videos. Like this is the the dialogue at no point sounds like natural human speech. There's no pacing. There's no mood. There's no tone. Like it's like the the tones all over the place. No, there's no tone at any point. Nothing is set up established nothing sets the mood of any kind nothing gives you any idea okay this scene is going to be a serious scene this scene is going to be a comedic scene nothing there's also no real use of lighting or angles or anything most of the conversations are just shot reverse it's like the fucking prequels yeah it's a lot of shot reverse shot all the dialogue is either utilitarian or bizarre like if they're trying to have um, like, or got, or outright got, exposition. Yeah, like in the like, first. Yeah. When they try to do dialogue, where it's like characters just talking, like flavor dialogue, it's the strangest shit. What is this? What is this conversation? Like half the time, I'm like, what the fuck is this conversation? The most baffling one is in the first fucking episode, where the guy, where Kaz goes to his own grave, and then he walks by, and there's a guy spritzing perfume on his wife's grave because it was her favorite perfume, and the, he talks to this old man, and the the, the the conversation he has with this old man is just it's not a human conversation. This is this is a computer program is learning people, an AI program is learning human speech, and this is what it has learned after a few months. This is well... how it learned of uh, what it thinks conversations are no that that can't be right after all if that was the case then cars would have used a lot more racial slurs <laughs> probably called him a jew uh, this is an ai that nobody knew about and thus couldn't troll like just watching from the shadows and just kind of taking notes of what conversations look like so this is what the robot produced it's just what is what is this it just goes on to this thing to critique the perfume the guy's using but then the guy is talking about this like it's a real thing and then he goes with it but he talks about the perfume and then he starts talking about fashion and uh, what the kids are doing and then that leads him to some kind of revelation about why he couldn't Exercise the demon out of this girl. There's what is the the conversation still makes my fucking head hurt. It's you know, not a f- no, joking aside. That conversation makes perfect sense to me because I could actually picture either Jaden Smith or the writer of the show to just like take a walk on uh, like a graveyard, you know, just to show how fucking deep and depressed they are with their uh, super rich lives. And then they see, like, an old man spraying the perfume. And then they start lecturing him about using common perfume that doesn't appeal to their hipster tastes. Because that's what the main character does. 
That, and 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 he's completely tone deaf. That's exactly what I would expect these guys to be doing in real life. Maybe throw in a one or two. He will not divide us. And it, there you got it. it. It's just so that scene made sense to me. <laughs> it's just so, and it just nobody talks like people. Nobody reacts to anything like people. Well, have you ever heard a West Coast liberal? <laughs> like it. It really is astounding. Like it kind of it makes sense why they have the beliefs they do. They really are just not complete mentally. Just they're not finished and never will be. It's like you took you took the bread out of the oven before it was even bread yet. It's still just dough, and then you just ate the dough. God just went. You don't even deserve a brain. Give me it. <laughs> it uh, it's just what and and like. Again, the progression is strange and bizarre. Scenes just kind of end and start. Very. Uh, by li- the way, the two friends of the main character, this is a really minor point, but are they gay? No, they're just gay in the opening for some reason. I yes, would... it's weird. Like, I everything... thought they were a gay couple. Yeah, everything the about them looks like they're a gay couple. I think it's ambiguous because on the one hand, they act really gay. On the other hand... The, uh, that one does. of them was repulsed when Cass kissed him, but on the third hand, who wouldn't be? <laughs> yeah, like Man, what a homophobe! Which is <laughs> funny because Cass calls him that. Yeah, you you'd think that he's straight because he pushes Cass away when Cass tries to make out with him, but I don't know that might whatever that whole episode was just fucking bizarre. Yeah. Also, to be fair, Cass doesn't look like a man. Yeah. And like he looks like Jaden Smith. <laughs> and like the second I, actually, episode, you know, sorry, sorry, to interrupt, but you know what? If would have instantly saved Neo Yokio, like if if Cass constantly did that face that Jaden Smith did, complete with the wrinkles in the forehead, you know that <laughs> vaguely, yeah. like that that kind of that weird, like the 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 bizarro equivalent of the Tucker Carlson face. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, his forehead weirdly wrinkles up. <laughs> and it looks like he's got the, you know, the, the hotspot logo <laughs> from internet connections on his head. That, that's, that's what they should have done. <laughs> that would have fucking saved this show. Well, no, it wouldn't have saved this, this show, but at least it would have been something funny to look at. Yeah. It, it... Also, what is it with, uh, with, like, fucking insane liberals and crystal skulls? <laughs> but I guess we'll get to that. like the second episode. I think that was a good encapsulation of like this show has no tone. This show has no direction. I'm baffled. I don't know what it's going for at any time. Like when the 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 pop star with the beautiful singing voice, she when she talks, she has this like bombastic southern accent. It's like okay, okay, so is okay, so this is a joke. Okay, supposed to be like she has a beautiful singing voice, but she has a really annoying voice. Is that the joke? But then they don't really like make that a joke. I guess they just imply it that she has a, she's loud with a southern accent, so that makes her have an obnoxious voice. But no, you know what it is. It's like um, people who are like successful and famous, but they come like from a southern bl- place or and or grew up in poverty. And who say that, you know, there's nothing wrong with hard work. Uh, even if they're, like, in your rich liberal environment, because they're rich now too, you can't trust them, they're actually evil demons. 
<laughs> I will bet you money that's what it actually was, whether consciously or unconsciously. By the way, I would like to point out that uh, this girl's name, like her pop star name, is Sailor Pellegrino. Oh yeah, there's obvious Sailor Moon things all over the place. Like, remember they yeah. like these are the new tuxedo masks. They're the hot new item. Get it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the only thing I was thinking of was that one Raka Ali song that he recently released, like "Dear White People," where there was this bit complaining about white people, like sitting in a gazebo drinking a glass of Pellegrino. <laughs> How can you say that you're not evil? Actually, that's also kind of this show. It's just the dear white people of anime like the, 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 and then like I don't even remember most of the, the fucking stupid Toblerone scene and then the, 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 but there's no comic timing to it the fucking Twitter meme had better comic timing than the actual scene there's no comic timing to any of the fucking comedy here's, no... here's another weird thing like the show attempts to critique uh capitalism at some points and like excess and being rich or whatever but at the same time every single person that isn't part of this rich elite elitist group is just a horrible person like uh fucking sailor water drink is actually a demon and this other guy the cousin of the main character is this uh, fucking filthy hillbilly type guy that turned his own father into a raccoon in order to inherit, be able to inherit the house. Yeah. So I guess basically poor people are just vile scum that can't talk right. At least that's the message that this show is giving me. Like, everything is so fucking weird. Um, oh yeah, right, we should probably get into... What's-her-face's character, like the fashion blogger, because oh, yeah. that's some of the weirdest shit in that show. Yeah. Cause, uh, okay, here's the premise. Also, who plays her? Cause she has the worst voice I've ever heard. I don't know. Like, I also, thought she... you could, I thought you could only be, like, high-pitched women voices would be the most annoying. But she has this voice that sounds like she's always holding her nose and putting her tongue in the back of her throat. So she kind of sounds like this. <laughs> at all times. Also, am I the only one who noticed this, or, like, is her face in the show always twisted in, like, this smug smile? Just about, yeah. 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 I yeah, can't that's wear her... a, a hospital gown because I didn't want to wear fashionable clothes. I'm a communist now. Like, like she looks like a <laughs> smug anime girl meme completely gone wrong. It's anyway, kind of so fitting, though, that the character whose face is permanently frozen in a smug grin would be the communist in the show. Yeah. Besides the other so, lady that was in the communist car or whatever. Uh, yeah, but she wasn't like an ideological communist. She just lived in communist Russia yeah. and uh, escaped to the capitalist paradise of consumerism. Ironically, the Soviet girl was the one who loved capitalism the most. Yeah. Because she comes to America and she's just loving all of her luxuries and she just runs away and abandons the Soviet Union so she can have more American luxuries. Also, she didn't have Technicolor hair and was hotter than the other characters. Not that that's really much of a feat, but still. <laughs> anyway, so as I was saying, early on in the series, there's this uh, time when the main character has to perform an exorcism because, you know, demons exist in this series, which they periodically like to remind you of in order to pretend that they have an interesting setting. So he has to go and do an exorcism. 
which ties into that whole like gravestone and then eventually he realizes that it was not actually the bitch that's possessed it's the fucking clothes not that it really matters in the end so her deal is that she's like the most influential teenage fashion blogger and uh, apparently he and what's her face were they briefly hooked up i don't know if they fucked it's it's so weirdly described yeah that's what hookup is they just one night it's pretty much the new college kids term for a one night stand oh my god someone had sex with that guy that's horrible um well that's the issue i'm pretty sure herself yet i'm pretty sure Cass is incapable of sex oh is is that where the demon possession came from is this kind of like uh if griffith was a total faggot (laughs) anyway no but no really he's like he'd get to the step where okay i have to penetrate her how do i spend money where where does money enter the equation (laughs) do i need an expensive condom is that where 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 can i where can I where can I pay in order to where's the microtransaction option? Yeah, nothing I could do. How how do how do I use pussy? Well, you just stick it in. No, where no. That's no. I need to get my wallet. People enough. I need to call my aunt and figure this out. Yeah, I need to buy diamond studded flashlight. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, right. So he exercises the demon from her through some really lame lightning laser battle. And so after that, they're like, yeah, I guess we're gonna go together now since, uh, like your girlfriend left you or whatever. So let's see you at the ball soon. And then she shows up. And she is, uh, in her hospital gown or whatever with some bandages. And because she, you see, getting possessed by a demon made her realize that capitalism is and materialist things are actually evil. So she's a communist now who is against the exploitation of the working class. And the way she will accomplish this is by uh, becoming a, and yes, she calls it that, hikikomori, and staying in her room 24-7 and leeching off of her parents. So, admittedly, this is a very accurate depiction of communists nowadays, but I don't know if that's really what they wanted to go for. It's so fucking weird, because the character is completely unlikable and hypocritical and dumb, yet at the same time, the main character is also shallow and narcissistic and only cares about money and about status and superficial nonsense. And they constantly have arguments, and I never know who the fuck we're meant to agree with. Like, they're both unlikable, they're both wrong. The girl at the end becomes a literal terrorist who blows shit up in order to make a stand against capitalism or whatever the fuck. I was always confused about how that worked. Like, how does she blow up the bachelor board when she's a shut-in who only ever wears a hospital gown and bandages? Like, her followers yeah, were dead by that point, weren't they? Because she vaporized them when they tried to kill Kaz. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So how did she do this? Like, mm. physically, how did she bomb the bachelor board? Well, I mean, she's left her room before. It's not the first time she's been a hypocrite. Also, there's something that really bothered me about the exorcism scene, which is they shatter one of her windows. and She lives in a townhouse, 
underwater. Oh yeah, that shit. The way Kaz uh, stops the flooding is he opens the door and goes downstairs. And for some reason, the water just drains down the stairs and completely stops. Yeah, even though the house should be flooding. By the way, what complete and utter retard not only builds a regular house underwater, but has like the only thing that separates you from the ocean be just a regular plate of glass that will break as soon as someone bumps against it? Seems like a design flaw. Like, what the fuck? Oh my god. It's fucking show. Yes. <clears throat> fuck, what else was I gonna say? Oh yeah, right. It's also... Okay. Yeah. There's also these three girls. We just mentioned them. Like, they they follow that fashion blogger bitch. So they just imitate whatever the fuck she's doing. So they now also decided to become, like, hickey-comeries, except in their school classroom. And they all also wear, like, bandages and whatever. So the main character is brought in as a teacher to teach them style. But in reality, the director of the school actually wants him to look for a demon sympathizer. And so the main character starts suspecting the music teacher. Because the music teacher is a really fucking weird guy who acts even less like a human than anyone else in the show. So, uh... Then there's this bit where the main character talks to What's-Her-Face, and she then asks him what his evidence against that guy is, and the entire thing, like, at the end, turns out the music teacher is completely innocent, didn't do anything. So there's supposed to be a lesson again, you know, like, don't judge a book by its cover, by its cover, which the main character also then later on repeats multiple times, like the hypocrite that he is to other people. But the thing that baffles me is, like, uh... What's her face's admonishment to the main character makes absolutely no sense, and she has no right to say this, because like her thing was like, what, just because he dresses weird, you suspect him? It's like, no, actually the reason we're given to suspect him is not just because he acts even more autistic than everyone else in the show, but also because he's got a medallion hidden in his room with a fucking pentagram on it. Which the main character incidentally doesn't bring up to her, but, you know, whatever. At the end it turns out that I guess this guy just has the medallion as a fashion statement or something. I don't know why he has it. It's never actually explained. It only exists as a red herring. It's... I think it's because it was the symbol of the club he was secretly going to. Yeah, but even then, like, the the club that he goes to isn't even... doesn't even have, like, satanic chic... They're, it's a fucking Gregorian rave. <laughs> and yeah, that's a real thing. And the, the reason that the music teacher is so fucking secretive about it is because, like, he would feel embarrassed if people found out that he listened to that sort of thing and that his boyfriend is the DJ there. And then the main character is like, oh, how well, silly I was to suspect you. Haha, ha, let's go drink alcohol. And then they do that. But... Really, like, the entire thing is just set up to make him look incredibly suspect, including the fact that he constantly looks over his shoulders when he walks to that to that club or whatever, and that he lied to the main character about where he was going. And the fact that they're all just wearing robes 
and everything is dark and there's no music playing and it looks like they're presiding over some diabolical ritual and then as soon as the main character goes aha then they all toss the ropes off and the music starts playing like what the shit I know all of this was done in order to give us the impression, but the thing is, it makes no sense. <laughs> like, you can't have, you can't have the message be, like, don't judge people by their appearances, when their entire appearance only makes sense when they are actually Satanists, and when every single circumstantial piece of evidence points towards them and then it's like oh no wait there's actually a super far-fetched explanation for all of this don't you feel bad and bigoted what the fuck that's that's like if you had um a cop show let's say and the cop is looking for a suspect and he uh and he's following the suspect around in order to get evidence against him because he thinks that guy did the murder and the guy in question is a black guy in really baggy clothes and gold chains with like maybe some gold teeth too and uh like there's some what looks like blood stains on his shirt and he has his pants sagging and a gun with him and then the main character follows him around that guy then shoots someone dead and then he starts like raping a white woman and then the detective intervenes is like no don't you do that it's like, no, I'm actually completely innocent. That was like a f scene for a movie that we spontaneously filmed earlier, and this is actually just a squirt gun. And this guy had like these blood packs that explode to make it look that he was dead. And I'm not actually raping this woman. This is my girlfriend, and we just really enjoy rough sex. And these are fruit stains on my shirt. You fucking racist. <laughs> That's what this is. And they're trying to make a point against being prejudiced when the entire story is completely stacking the deck against the music teacher to such an unrealistic extent that him being the Satanist is the only explanation and it's like, no, wait, he's not the Satanist. And this, then it... The show's pretty inept at fucking everything. I mean, yeah. like I said, I, 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 it just feels like there weren't, there wasn't anybody in charge of this. If, it's like that that bit from JonTron with the the drug PSAs. Oh no, it was the um the the Vanilla Ice episode where it's like I am just having a normal human conversation, not trying to data gather data. A human like what the fuck? That's everybody in this fucking show. Two great examples of the whole. There's no directors or tone or anything in this show. Is the one of them is the opening. First of all, most of the music in this is public domain classical music. And it's just a public domain classical piece with the characters, and it feels like with the way they're moving, it might be supposed to be timed to a song, but a different one that's playing. Um, and it just—they're on a pink background, and they just do something that feels like it was timed to a different song, and then it shows their name, and then the main character flies up, and then it just freeze frames, and it's just most like it, was that supposed to be engaging? You had characters moving like you wanted to be engaging. But you played like a low-key classical piece that didn't fit what was going on on the screen. What the fuck? And the end of the second episode, which is just after he beats the demon, he just walks out, his, his tux is all messed up, everybody shit-talks him, and then he just leaves the room, and that's the end of the episode. And, it, and the episode literally just ends. It doesn't like fade, you don't get like that kind of moment after. No, just he just reaches the door... 
and the episode is over. Nothing oh, yeah, accomplished, f- no point made. Just That's every episode. Just it just ends. Just okay, events done now, human. Oh yeah. There was also some other bizarre shit. There's like no this number... is an art is what I'm saying. Nothing about this was an is was no fucking artistic anything was involved at any point. You can't even say oh, it was this pretentious liberal art far as no. There is no art here. It's just utilitarian shit made by a fucking pretentious alien. Pretentious liberal. Made by a pretentious liberal who's basically the same thing as a fucking alien. A legal alien. <laughs> 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 and ironically Just, enough, the most human character in the whole thing is the robot. <laughs> who's piloted by a little old lady for some for no reason. reason. It's like what? for the first... Which uh, also makes no sense. <laughs> for the first half of the series, it's just, oh, it's his robot butler. But no, it's piloted by some kind of gremlin lady. Yeah. It's not a robot. What? Also, I, I have some more questions about episode two. Number one, for instance. Since it turns out that the uh, singing sailor scout was actually a demon, uh, and her real goal was to possess this crystal skull, because apparently diamonds make demons stronger for no reason, why in, in the fuck... Are we supposed to believe that... Like, all of this, like, her entire career of being the most successful pop sensation in the entire universe or whatever, and, like, her growing up in whatever the fuck, like, was this all just really long, a really long con set up in order to get this fucking skull? And number two, there's this really bit weird, weird bit in the fight where the main character says, but I thought you liked me, and then the demon, weirdly enough, says... I do, but this is a war, and we never get we never get the explanation like why is there a war? Why are the demons attacking people? What do they even want? Is is the is it lying when it said it cared about the main character, or did it really? But do the demons have some sort of other reason why they have to fight the humans, even though they don't really want to? Like, what the fuck is going on? We're never getting told anything. Which is hilarious because there's a shit ton of exposition in the first episode in the most ham-fisted manner possible where the main character's aunt is like, you know, it's like, we are the magistocrats and we've been doing this forever and we have like a, the tradition and this is how it's always been done in the city. Did you get it yet, audience, what we're doing? So that was apparently important to know even though we've already been told this in the fucking expository tourism board video at the beginning of the first episode but we needed to hear that again but we don't need any reason for why the demons are doing what they're doing did anyone even ever bother to find out like since the demons are capable of communication why did nobody ever ask the sailor sailor scout she said something like you know i have to do this for like sustenance or something I don't know. She said something alluding to some purpose that. Yeah, like, like I, I said, I don't think it said sustenance. Though. Something like that. It was something she alluded to. But either way, as I stated, there's no art involved, which means there's no writing, world building. That would be some form of art. So obviously, we can't have that here. It's also funny that one of the more likable characters and one of the more human acting ones is literally a demon. 
well, and also the quotes, o- they're just fucking energy yeah. blobs. And also the only character that you know says that working isn't you know a horrible chore that you have to do in between your visits to the polo club, <laughs> like that they're, that it's actually not undignified to work. She sounds like a dirty Trump supporter. Obviously, she's a demon. Would it yeah, make... I mean, I mean, she mentions coming from a place that's not a rich liberal city, and she said she had multiple jobs and had to work, and you know, she talks funny, so that means she's evil. Would it make any difference if you remove the demons? Because they don't matter at all for the second half of the series. No, it would not matter. Nobody, nobody, and nothing matters in this show. <laughs> I mean, it's the, the all entire... pointless. The entire resolution is this Formula One race where Kaz is trying to get Helen out of the city. Yeah, because she's a fucking terrorist. The demons just Why don't is... show up for the last couple episodes. Yeah. yeah, I have another question about that, incidentally. Why is he even helping her? I mean, we already know that even as it, it's even acknowledged within the show that the main character is a shallow, vain, selfish, narcissistic prick. And... This bitch is a literal terrorist who also holds, uh, admittedly equally retarded, but values that go against everything that he believes. And she's a constant cunt to him. Why is he helping her? You can't even say that it's, uh, that he's doing it because of pussy, because, well, this is Jaden Smith's character. So again, why? Like, why is he going out of his way to help a terrorist who is a constant asshole to him and put people in danger. Like, why doesn't he turn her in? He has no reason to help her at all. <laughs> also, why is the entire police force just consist of an old guy in a wig? An old guy in the wig who tries to find suspects by vaping. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's another thing. Well, not just the vaping, but it seems the entire time... He knew that this bitch was with him, and like at the at the very least, like at the latest point at the restaurant, it just seemed obvious that he already knew that she was actually under that helmet. Why, instead of trying to get her to force feed her oysters so that she opens the visor and confirms that she is not actually the Russian, but like the fucking terrorist bitch uh, in disguise? Like, why the fuck doesn't he just have her arrested already? Because he's. he's- it's, that's because then we ha- would have no plot. He needs to be mellow. Answer. He's part of the vape niche, dude. Can't go around arresting people, man. He had multiple, multiple opportunities, and the entire time, he seemed to know that it was her. So what the fuck? Like, did he know? Did he not know? Like, was he just really retarded? And did the show just pretend that he knew in order to ratchet up the tension? Look, when he actually people, didn't know. Arresting people is what a Republican would do. You don't want to be a Republican, oh, yeah. do you? That's of what course. I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Fucking <clears throat> terrible. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, and that... I, I'm just kind of not over the baffling, like I said, the tone and the directing and all that. <laughs> I will never be over that because, it, you know, you're, you're, when you're watching a, a, a program, a television show, the brain yeah. tries to, to establish sort of a connection like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to feel. That's who I'm supposed to like. This is what we're going to be doing. This is what we're going to achieve. Let's go. 
you never get that with Neo Yokio. You never get an idea of okay, what am I gonna, what am I supposed to feel? Is that okay? I think that was a joke. Felt like a joke. There was no comic timing, no delivery, and yeah. didn't why really is get, anything happening? Didn't really get a point to it, but it felt like a joke. And most importantly, who the fuck am I supposed to like in this? Like, who am I meant to agree with? Who is the good guy here? I liked the Soviet race car driver because she wanted to escape the show, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I also I, like the... I, I also kind of like the, the for lack of a better term, antagonist as much as there is one. They're not the judge, well, I kind of liked him too, because he was so fucking idiotic and had his own goddamn dramatic music sting when he showed up multiple times. But... Like, uh, the rival of the main character, you know, his number one rival on the billboard, uh, Angelo, whatever the fuck his name is. Archangelo. Arc- Archangelo, yeah, you know, that's, that's him. Like, that dude is like this, um, blonde, snobbish, rich dude, which, you know, is, is a pretty standard foil, but the thing is, that doesn't work, like, having your antagonist be, a spoiled rich trust fund asshole when the main character is also a spoiled rich trust fund asshole yeah, like this this isn't like a, some sort of rich guy lording over like the weaker guy this is like two rich faggots squabbling against each other who's got the bigger money erection and yeah Angelo ends up being the better character because he actually cares about something other than money like at the end he's just like call me your homie <laughs> all he wanted yeah. all along was to be Cass's friend <laughs> I... and he actually helped him out yeah even though he didn't need to at all yeah he's the one character who has any degree of selflessness in the whole thing yeah everyone else is just completely self-absorbed especially the main character and the communist hilariously enough well again you gotta remember the people responsible that's who they are that's all they know <laughs> yeah and again, the one person who said that work wasn't evil was a demon. <laughs> and everyone who isn't like a rich liberal white guy and is like from the boonies or whatever, they're all either demons or evil. I did appreciate how they wrote the race car driver out of the show. It was so abrupt. Because... <laughs> There's this whole extended sequence where she's running away from Kaz. Like, you've had several false starts already where he thinks that she's defected, but she was actually just going out shopping or something. <laughs> In this scene, she's actually trying to get away from him, and uh, he sees her standing at a pier, runs up to her, and it turns out to be a fisherman who <laughs> she gave the costume to, or she gave it, you know, she gave the outfit to to be a red herring for Kaz and he looks out and sees a bunch of fishing boats and he's like oh well might as well give up and he tries to buy the the racing outfit back from the fisherman who slowly unzips it and winks at Kaz (laughs) and that's the last you ever see of the race car driver there was also absolutely no reason to buy this outfit back if it hadn't been for the next episode where they then use it as a disguise, which Cass could not have known because he's not precognitive. No, there's so the no... only re- yeah, the only reason that he does that is because it needs to happen for the next episode. Yeah, there's no reason for any of that to go down the way it did because 
there's no point to smuggling Helena out of the city in the race car when she could have just hidden inside the Mecca the whole time. Besides, even though she then goes to New Jersey, what's the point if she's already a wanted terrorist? Wouldn't she just be arrested there unless we're supposed to believe that the system of governance that exists within this series is that every single city has its own un own jurisdiction and is separate from all the others? Maybe the rest of the country just hates the Bachelor Board and is glad she destroyed it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking hell. Oh yeah, and the ending of the show is a scene where the main character is like moping on a tennis field and it's literally the exact same scene as at the beginning where he's sad that he lost his girlfriend and this time he's also sad that he lost his fashion blogger terrorist communist <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah, I think they and literally reused the footage and they just pasted a new robot into it. <laughs> they literally reused the footage. Which, admittedly, I think it was meant to be some sort of framing device, but the thing is, that's still fucking retarded, because you're just hammering home the fact that everything that happened in the last six episodes, and the main character even, like, outright acknowledges this with his own words, was completely and utterly pointless, and every single thing is back to the status quo. I mean, I, I don't have much left to say, I'm just fucking, uh, flabbergasted by this fucking show. Can we talk about episode four and how fucking creepy that shit was? Is that that that's the oh one, the, the the transformation shit? Yeah, yeah, the gender bender episode. Okay, how did that work? Is it was it just magic water powers? Yeah, just, it was magic uh, water powers. It, it's the Ronma episode. Yeah. Okay, so the so the cousin of the main character is a white. Uh, rich uh, well not not really rich but like his uncle is still rich he's like a white white trash hillbilly and also a waterbender apparently so uh so the main character goes to his uncle's house because apparently his uncle died and the house is completely dilapidated and he goes there with his buddies and there's also this running gag about the robot needing to charge except it's not funny and really the only payoff of it is that it like runs out of battery and then the little old woman gets out at the end of the episode and is like, oh, did you not know that all the mega units have like humans in them? Even though that makes absolutely zero sense whatsoever. And besides, like if you were 24-7 in one of these fucking robot outfits, wouldn't that, you know, be really bad for you? But anyway, point being... Main character goes to that place with his friends. The two the two semi-gay friends jump into the pool. And the black friend gets turned into a woman and the other guy gets turned into a panda. Because, you know, haha, funny. So oh, the funny main character... Quotes. Yeah. So then that night also the main character is supposed to go to this party... And he knows that his ex-girlfriend is going to be there. And she has, like, this new boyfriend that's, like, a race car driver. And uh, the main character decides, you know, instead of trying to get his dipshit cousin in order to reverse that weird magic spell that turned his uh, friend to a woman and a panda, he's like, no, you know what? You should actually put on a dress and pretend to be my girlfriend so I can make my ex-girlfriend jealous. Seriously. For some reason, everyone really, thinks really is a look that... at the mind of this of fucking Ezra Koenig and friends. Yep. 
for some reason, everyone thinks like the black guy that got turned to a girl is like the hottest thing ever. Even though, even within the context of the show, he is not. It just looks like a man with dreadlocks and boobs. It's actually kind of gross, but whatever. So, um, yeah, the main character then tries to make his uh, ex-girlfriend jealous. At the same time, like, his uh, blonde rival guy is trying to mack on the uh, on his black girlfriend now. Because, again, everyone for some reason thinks that she is super hot. Black guy, in the meantime, um, like manages to ditch the uh, blonde dude. And then he starts uh, making out with this lesbian. The main character is like, oh, shit, nigga, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're blowing our cover. He's like, whatever, I, I don't give a shit. And... The main character then drags him back out to the party in the garden proper. And then he's, then he's like, ah, oh, fuck, what did we do to fix this? And then he just starts kissing him <laughs> in order to make his girlfriend jealous. <laughs> and uh, black guy then chews him out for it. And uh, even uses like a whole bunch of buzzwords. Because after he, the main character kissed him and the black guy who is a girl protests... He's like, man, you sound really homophobic right now. And then he's like, you know, it's like, my gender is a spectrum, but I don't identify as a woman. And even if I did, like, you're a misogynist. Which is honestly probably like the only thing about this show that holds water. Because the main character is such a fucking arrogant, condescending prick who practically sees people as objects. So I guess in a manner of speaking, he's a misogynist, although he treats men like trash, too. But either way. That scene is probably the best evidence for how Cass isn't really human, because he saw a threesome in the making and thought, I want no part of this, I better stop this right now. (laughs) (laughs) This offends my Christian sensibilities. (laughs) I'm going to talk about homophobia instead. Can't have that in a Christian manga. Suddenly the beard starts growing, glasses begin to form. (laughs) <laughs> it grows out of his skin. Oh god, why am I starting to become white? <laughs> uh, anyway. So, then he bitches at the black guy some more, I think. And uh, Fuck, what was the setup for this? Like, the black guy then throws him into the pool. Because, oh yeah, the main character said he was being hysterical. A- again, are we supposed to like this guy? I mean, from either perspective. Like, from the... Obviously, he's supposed to be wrong in this scene because, you know, like, he's saying things that sound like patriarchy. (laughs) But even from the perspective of someone who is not fucking Ezra Koenig, there's still the fact that he's acting like a complete and utter asshole and is molesting his uh, friend turned into a girl. So this is fucking weird. Anyway, end of the matter is, like, black guy throws him in a pool. People laugh at him. A lot. I think that was the end of the episode. No, the end of the episode was that they go to the pool to get the spell reversed, and the raccoon jumps oh, yeah. in and turns into his uncle. And Cass yeah, is like, oh, turns you weren't... Out, turns out he wasn't dead, yeah. Yeah, oh, you weren't dead after all. You just got turned into a raccoon. Yeah. Oh, well, that resolved itself. 
Yeah. Incidentally, like the fucking aunt at the funeral, like even cracked jokes and was not serious at all. Like that scene also didn't have the tone of a funeral. Like they were just blandly talking next to each other while the fucking priest was reading the uh, whatever. Yeah, the priest is just wailing thing. in the background the whole time. Yeah. And and they're just talking as if they were, like, at a lunch or something. Like, neither of them seem to really give a shit that their, un- that their uncle was apparently dead. What the fuck? I think you know exactly what the fuck. Yeah, then again, I guess this is a realistic portrayal of how uh, fucking Ezra and his rich liberal friends would act if one of their family members died. Especially if he lived in the boonies. Yeah, he probably deserved it. He le- he lives next to Trump supporter. <laughs> he ate Chinese takeout like a poor person. Yes. I know I keep making this joke a lot, but honestly, like that's they they would probably do that. The only people oh, yeah, who actually cried at the funeral were a couple unnamed background characters. Yeah. Unspeaking Nobody else cared. Words earlier. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead, I'm done. Speaking of buzzwords earlier, it isn't just the... Oh, yeah, also, black guy uses the term male gaze when he got turned into a... Uh, I forgot because, about you know, that. This is, yeah, because this isn't enough of a fucking caricature liberal show. But the thing is, um, communist girl also spouts a whole lot of buzzwords about, you know, oppression of the working class and yada, yada, yada. Which sounds like something like the like the writer of this show just skimmed the fucking article on Marx for five minutes in Wikipedia. <laughs> like it doesn't doesn't even really sound like communist LARPer kind of shit. This is like the minimum, le- the not even the diet coke of communism, so to speak. And uh, you know what's especially funny? Like if anything, the fucking Homestuck video game had a better depiction of communism and what communists are like than this fucking show did. It really did. Yeah, because when you go when you go in that game when you go to the fucking planet of the trolls, you meet this one guy that you got and his friend who you got swapped with apparently has these uh these sorts of communist beliefs because you know, we're rebels against the evil oppressors. Only difference to our communists is that there are actually evil oppressors on their planet. So the main character girl points out, this guy doesn't sound like he has a good sense of respect for boundaries or personal property because he keeps, quote-unquote, borrowing shit from the other guy and never gives it back. (laughs) To which that guy says, oh, he hates it. He says the concept of private property is a vehicle for exploitation and the tool by which the high bloods subjugate the low blood underclass. Again, this no, this dialogue is not human speech. Nobody talks like this in the world. Nobody on this earth. Well, they are aliens. Nobody on this earth. Hey, everyone! Instead of watching Neo Yokio, you could play Hive Swap. Yeah, you really could. Because even the yeah, even the trolls are more human than the Neo Yokio characters. We still have to write our article about that. Yeah, or but I got fucking hat in time. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe should we should write that one together? Yeah, that's a good idea. But I gotta, you know, I gotta get some anime content on our anime website. I can't just write about games all day. 
as we much are as kind of lacking Ho- Homestuck, the actual anime. Homestuck is, to- Homestuck is totally anime. <laughs> oh man, I had to force myself to watch Neo Yokio because the the week before recording, two games came out: Cuphead and A Hat in Time. Like, and they're both great games. So I'm just sitting there, like, okay. <laughs> I could watch Jaden Smith prattle on about his uh, his rich guy problems, <laughs> or I could be fucking playing two of the best games to come out this year. Cuphead is fucking fantastic. I so, I, have, just... I have no real interest in it. It's not my type of game, and I don't <clears throat> I don't really like that 1930s big band music, and that's the whole soundtrack. I well, under- you're fucking gay. I understand it's part of the aesthetic, and I, I respect that. And I think it looks fantastic, and I respect the game very much. I, I do not sit here and say it's shit, but it is definitely not my jam, especially well, in the soundtrack. Gay. Especially in the soundtrack, I was <laughs> never a big fan of Contra, and I'm certainly not a big fan. <laughs> nah. Well, you're fucking gay. I, I, I could do with that, that friend. Well, I get that because. You know, you're you're not saying, oh, the game is exclusionary. We need to change everything about it to suit my tastes. Yeah. It's it's not my tastes. Yeah. So it's just whatever, and just, and that's what I like about these two games coming out so close to each other is you're getting two very different flavors of platformer, and they're both great. Hat in time, I'm probably totally gonna get at some point. Like, I you know I like 3D platforms. Not huge into it. I wasn't one of those people. We need to bring them back. You know, it's like, whatevs. Um, but, man, I saw that footage. That shit won me over. Especially those fucking boss fights, man. And that sound, that's the soundtrack on that game. Boss fights and that music. Mm, 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 mm. Oh my you god. You know who that game also won over? <laughs> who? Shadman. Oh no. No. That's, that's as predictable as it is sad. Yeah. It is. I hate Shadman so much. And and yes, he did. Oh, I figured. But yeah, it's it's fucking man. Those boss fights. I I never really see in three. I love three D platformers, but the boss fights never really stuck out to me too much. Man, I saw like a couple minutes of some of those boss fights. I didn't even watch the full thing. I saw just a little bit of those boss fights, and the, again with the music and the attacks and all the shit going on. I was like, oh my word, son. <laughs> You know, now that I think about it, like to entirely to be entirely fair, you can't wholly fault him for it. Okay, you can, <laughs> but the point is, like, have you guys seen those tweets that Rockhawk recently made about uh, that game? Like, he said he was just weirded out by the way that that a lot of that stuff was phrased. You know, like, uh, how did they put it again? Like, getting a little girl in trouble, something like that. What was the tagline? I think it was messed up situations. Yes. <laughs> and now someone even responds to this, like, oh, so it's like a hentai doge. <laughs> it really does sound weird. It does. I think it's supposed to be, like, precocious, but you, well, can't, yeah. be, you can't be precocious anymore. Precociousness has been ruined. Yeah, with a child character, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. The internet is it's just like Rockhawk pointed out. It's like he he knows it's it's innocent, but with that sort of phrasing and with the fact that it's like a, the main character is like a child... It's just, it's just kind of weird. But the game looks great. You could tell it was, um, you know, like the the team is new. It wasn't made on a huge budget, but looks it still looks like a fucking fantastic fun time. 
surprisingly good voice acting. Like, really and it has good. John Sharon. Yeah, and they kept him. Um, apparently he's like yep. close friends with a bunch of the devs, too. Yeah, they actually yeah, held on to their balls all... this time. Yeah. We already have like the fucking fake controversy because some fucking uh, French bread is now claiming that the... Uh, I think it was like the director or whatever or the leader of the studio. I don't remember. But he's now claiming that that guy doxed him supposedly years ago, which he now conveniently only now brings up. And the reason he claims he's only bringing it up now is because he actually wanted to let the matter rest. But, you know, it's, it's like, uh, I, I gotta, I'm thinking about the, the poor artists that that guy is maybe mistreating. I don't know, but, you know. <laughs> Even he himself said he didn't know if there was any, anything untoward going on, but, you know, I guess better safe than sorry. These people are just trying to take this game down and it is not working at all. Yeah. <laughs> having quite the I remember NeoGaf also having a gigantic shit fit over the fact that JonTron was in this game. Oh, and not only that, but there's, like, some guy they contracted to do a couple, um... Like in game models, was having a shit fit. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because like, one of the characters he... he worked on was the one John Tron voiced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's acting like he's some super coder that could do what the the game the game's actual coding staff could not. Yeah. Like, like, only I could have coded uh, the movement things necessary for this bed in the, in the hub world and the Snatcher Boogeyman character. That was all me! <laughs> Mm-hmm. I am so above this this team. They could never well, yeah, they, that. Well, and as someone who's that actually... Sh- sorry, Max. Yeah, one of the characters that Jontron voiced was like apparently a character that this guy like had included in the game as part of like one of the Kickstarter goals or whatever the fuck. I don't remember. But yeah, I, I think was... Jontron only... Did he voice multiple characters? I think... I know he voiced that one. I think he voiced, like, one other minor he vo- one. He voices remember. a receptionist at that mo- at the movie studio. That's the only one I know. But, yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I know so far. But I... I know that's, yeah, the, one, that's, that's the one that the guy designed that JonTron voiced, was that receptionist yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he threw yeah. some shit fit and said that JonTron... The thing he said, John... The, the shit that he said JonTron said is insane. Like, you have to worry about this guy and what he's filtering things out in his brain. It's like, I don't appreciate my character being voiced by a man who called me, like, what was it, like a a wel- welfare-sucking Well, I know he said, like he said that John said that brown people need to be removed from the gene pool. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Even though he did not. Yeah, and then there's something else, like, John thinks of people like me as welfare-sucking something, something. Like, it was... In- well, it was, he said it, not John Tron. It was an insane string of things. This guy obviously has some mental issues. I've also seen this argument on Twitter by some other faggot, which was like, uh, you know, how how can you even enjoy this? I mean, like, it has this evil, horrible person in it. So it's it's kind of vile to to say it's a good game because it's you know that makes it a bad game if it has an evil person in it. <laughs> like that that's literally the logic. You know, let's let's just assume for the sake of argument, Jontron was the most hardcore racist Nazi ever. You know, like in that copy pasta. Yeah, the the corn horse story. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, let's say he was that. <laughs> like he killed black people on the daily and all that shit. I love the corn horror story. Corn horror is a classic. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. 
even if it was that, like, how the fuck does the fact that he then voices a character in the game mean the game is shitty just because a horrible person was involved in its production? It is guilty of wrong thinking association with evil. It is tainted. <laughs> This is it's like if you buy if you buy a why car. Why do you keep saying then, our political ideology is a religion? Stop that. That's like if you buy a car and then you find out the one guy that I don't know like polished the the window was uh, a racist, and so you take a sledgehammer to the car, say no, I will not be complicit in this evil racism. <laughs> what the fuck? I think like, how insane do you have to be? I think people are just mad, you know, they successfully got JonTron kicked out of Ukulele, and that would just work to his benefit, because nobody liked Ukulele. The game was critically panned, and I don't think it was that much of a financial success either, so JonTron dodged a bullet and got to be in a good game instead. <laughs> <laughs> he always wins. <laughs> do not, don't fuck with JonTron, man. <clears throat> don't do it. Never so basically, well. the uh, so basically, like the creators in John Tron looked at like platformers and stuff like Ukulele and was like, yeah, you know, this is this is good, but it needs more little girls in it. <laughs> I'm gonna go to my little girl dungeon and program this. Game. <laughs> well, a hat in time does have meme magic because, as I pointed out in the Discord, the first hat you unlock uh, looks kind of like a MAGA hat. Uh. <laughs> Oh Jesus! It, it it's, it's a fucking good. I'm I am the boss thing threw me for a loop because I I I kind of knew what it was going to be already. It looked fun, but again, boss fights were never really never really stuck out to me super well in 3D platformers. It was kind of a little fun thing, but never really was like wow this boss fight man. And I still like one look at those hat and time boss fights. That's a conductor boss fight. I was like, wow, fucking wow, y'all. You you really, wow, you motherfuckers, Jesus. So yeah, get that game. Get that game or get Cuphead if you're into Contra. And... Um, if, if you don't have my aversion to these things, get Cuphead. <laughs> uh, I, I like that Cuphead is also making people upset in its own way. Like, people are crying racism because of the association with old-timey you know, racial caricatures and cartoons. Really goes to show how manipulated the left is in terms of they're like, they're fucking trained animals. They can't enjoy this perfectly innocent game that, like, they're just associating it with a form of media from, you know, 70 years ago, and oh no, it's racist because it reminds me of this other thing. At this point, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, except instead of Kevin Bacon, it's racism. Well, it, 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 they have to show that they're offended. Because if you're not offended, then you're not a good person. Why aren't you angry? Look at that guy. Look how angry he is at injustice in the world. Why aren't you angry? Don't you care? Don't you care? So you have to be... It's it's, it's Again, it's a fucking religion. Well, I kind of liked injustice. It was an okay game. <laughs> it's it's a religion. Because you have to... It's just like the good Christian. Look look how, look how much of a good Christian he is. He spends all of his days at the church. Why do you only spend one day at the church? Don't you love God? Uh, clearly, he loves God more than you do. He's a better Christian than you are. It's the same shit. Just uh, being offended and virtue signaling is the new church. 
It's it, the horseshoe theory is fucking real. No. It's fucking real. You come, you go far enough in one direction, you start becoming the other motherfucker. You're all the fucking same shit. Y'all, yeah, you're there. Like I am fucking fuck you, mom and dad. Make me go to church. I reject your religion. I'm becoming atheist. I'm gonna become so atheist. I'm gonna show how much of an atheist I am. I'm gonna do all these atheist fucking ritual. Uh, yeah, no, not not. Oh my god. Oh my Darwin. How you like that? Obviously, this is not. This is an amazing atheist type atheist. Like, I'm gonna show my. Oh my Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> Wubba lubba dub dub. That's what we say in my circle, and I'm gonna show. I'm gonna every day. I'm going to p- put Rick and Morty quotes on my Twitter to show how enlightened I am, and I'm going to. I'm going to put little statue of Rick and Morty on my. On my fireplace, where my mother puts the Jesus this, statue, I put Rick and Morty. In this moment, I am Pickle Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm instead where my mother would put her dumb Jesus statues. She's dumb and unenlightened, not like me. I'm gonna put Rick and Morty statue. Look at that! Look at that! I'm gonna, I'm gonna show how good I am. I'm gonna prove. I'm gonna prove that I am a better follower by show posting all these things. It's the same shit. You know, at least the Bible discourages virtue signaling, if you remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Pharisees. <laughs> but, well, not even just that, yeah. Just like Jesus in general saying about praying. Yep. Like that you shouldn't do, yeah, that you shouldn't, shouldn't do it in public, oh. but rather at home. That's what I mean. There's a part where he literally says, don't praise the Pharisees do in public. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, right. He did call them specifically out. And, like, it's that it's like that razor fist line. Like you ran so far away from your parents that you became them on crack. <laughs> yeah. That is straight. That's the horseshoe theory. That's the same. If you go too far in any direction, you just become the other guy with a different coat of paint. That's what progressivism. Yeah. The thing is, though, it's it's not really like they became Christians, though. No, but they became faithful religious people. It's yes, just it wasn't I, Christianity. I do, I do know what you I do know what you're getting at, but what I'm saying is. That, like, uh, how should like I, I know, I know the horseshoe theory gets overused by fucking <laughs> devout centrists, but like they, it they make became it less sort of their mirror image, yes. But at the same time, like compared to the Christians, they're also horrible pieces of shit. Well, the Christians were horrible pieces of shit for a while before they Not calmed to this down. Extent. Yeah, well, I mean, again, life is like a shonen manga. Each new bad guy is going to one-up the last one. You thought Hitler was bad? Here's ISIS. I'd say it's it's not really like a horseshoe. It's more like a mirror, especially because, again, you can complain about Christianity or whatever, but at least it has, like, some form of values or or whatever. Like, what these guys have despite their substitute for all these rituals and so on, is just this foundation of, of, uh, of like, pretend irony and nihilism. Well, no, it is. It's, they created a religion, but they did one without any rules or holy text. So it's all emotions. Their Bible yeah. is their feelings. Like, they essentially created a religion based on, well, literally nothing. Yeah. Like, on... And on the idea that like people uh, having any sort of that that any sort of like for lack of a better term traditional values are all garbage and horrible, 
and that you should just embrace, uh, you know, the uh, oblivion, so to speak. While they unironically smash statues while halfway across the world, ISIS is over there smashing statues. Well, yeah, it's 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 different, though. You don't understand. Because uh, they are smashing these statues because they find them offensive and they don't fit into their perception of history and of the world. Whereas ISIS is smashing these statues because they find them offensive and they don't fit in their perception of history and the world. <laughs> it's very different. So what are we getting instead of political horseshoe, the political Mobius strip? <laughs> or the political mirror. And a horseshoe mirror, whatever you want to call it, the principle's the same. You get too crazy, you just become the exact same shit with a different coat of paint. Whether you're a crazy Christian, a crazy Muslim, although the crazy Muslim's a little worse because at least the crazy Christians, their holy book doesn't give you a fucking rule book for murder. <laughs> but it's the same general idea. Uh, crazy atheists, crazy left-wingers, crazy right-wingers, crazy centrists. They may not all be equally bad, but they've got the same behavioral patterns. It's the same bullshit. And also, another way that they're the same, and tying it back to Neo Yokio, when they're so ideologically driven and they try to create a piece of art or media, it's always weird and bizarre and creepy. Have you ever yeah. seen Christian children's programming, especially when they try to use 3D animation? And it's just that, you know, you didn't really... Bible man. Yeah, or like that, that um, Donkey Ollie, where it's like that, it's kind of cartoony, but also kind of real. It's that weird Uncanny Valley thing going on. Like, why would you do this? Or that, what's that one? It's like something, something Lake that uh, Everything is Terrible showed some clips of, some weird musical numbers from. Or the rapping sheep. Yeah, like they don't... they. They they don't really know that you're not supposed to make something cartoony that detailed. It's kind of horrifying. What's wrong with your brain? You should know this. <laughs> it looks like something from Tim and Eric. <laughs> and at least the difference, though, is like with the Christians, it's let's take Bible Man, for instance. Like Bible Man is utterly laughable, and the dialogue is pretty much just as, for lack of a better term, believable as Neo Yokio. But at least with Bible Man, you're not really confused at what the fuck the characters are or what the message is or whatever. You know, Bible Man is supposed to be a good guy and he goes around solving problems and there's a Christian message and he's trying to install Christian values. Alright, I get that. With shit like, I don't know, I don't even know, like fucking Rick and Morty or fucking Moral Oral or this shit here. Or anything else like that, or fucking Bill Nye's show. Like, who's really the good guy here? That's what happens not, when you build yeah, a religion not, on literally nothing. Yeah, nothing. It's just all fucking nihilistic bullshit. It's nihilism and feelings. You have to have nihilism because if you look like you care, then you're like your lame parents. So it's nihilism and feelings. That's that's this religion. It's it's, it's based on fucking. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like things that don't exist that you can't that you can't f physically touch or understand. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. It's late. What now? It's it's like a, a abstract concepts. I don't know. I, it's late for me. I'm, I'm losing my focus. But 
That, that's, that's, that's what happens. You try to make media promote that, and what the fuck am I watching? Because at least the other religions have a rule book that they can, you know, pull from and reference. Progressive religion doesn't. It's just madness. It's madness and emotional reactions to shit. And here's here's the buzzwords. This is this. I have... Yeah, I've recently, like, read some quotes from Rick and Morty, like, from some of the scenes. And it really is, like, some of the most euphoric shit I've ever seen. For instance, the... Oh, politeness is just stupid people hedging their bets... Or, you know, there's no God, I'm just telling you this to rip the band-aid off now, it'll tell, you'll thank me later. Well, now, here's the thing, how much of this is Rick? Because the whole, the point, at least for the first two seasons, so remember, when season three came along, they had, like, the fucking, oh, we're gonna hire all these women, and diversity hires, and all this shit, and, and we've seen the, mm. the, the plummet of season three, because season one and two, everybody loved, then season three happens, and what did season three give us? I'm Pickle Rick! Um, because the whole point was that Rick is a piece of shit. Like that was that's why he's constantly drunk and belching. He's a piece of shit. He's a train wreck. He's not supposed to agree with this guy. He sucks, and he's, he's it, the things that he invents and drags Morty into are horrible and awful, and he just makes everything terrible. And he has these horrific ideas that blow up in everybody's face. Rick is not a good like guy. making Rick and Morty. <laughs> Rick is supposed to be not a good guy. And then they hired diversity hires, and then season yeah, three still, happened. Still, though, the fucking euphorias of the like, charts. Rick is supposed to be a nihilist because he's a fucking, look at his life. He's fucking swimming in beer cans and lonely and fucking pathetic. That's the point. But By the way, did we mention, like, with the thing with the creators and the uh, incest? Well, Justin Roiland, I can't say too much just because like the evidence is like some dms that we don't know the context to and he's kind of a trolly guy remember he hung out with the best gamers uh like the the the, the tweet like yeah there's a alternate universe where rick and morty are are in a loving relationship we should do an episode on that like kind of clearly well, sarcastic that was a joke yeah that's kind of clearly yeah. a joke but the whole like yeah. look at this what, stuff what i meant Roy more is... but like the other guy yeah. dan Harmon. yeah that guy. he is a Piece of shit. Yeah. Hey, apparently, he made a show about, or at least an episode in some other show he did, about promoting "quote unquote" uh, like uh, healthy incestuous relationships or some shit like yeah, that. Was that in Community? Yeah. Yeah. Community was basically Parks and Rec for people that don't like to laugh, because there was two shows that were basically aping <clears throat> The Office with a very similar thing. It was Parks and Rec and Community. Community is the one that is not funny that no one even remembers any of the characters of, whereas Parks and Rec is the one with Ron Swanson and the one that everybody references, like that scene where the guy walks in with the pizza and suddenly everything's on fire. Like that's Parks and Rec. That's the one that's actually that people that actually makes people laugh. And Community is basically like Parks and Rec, but like uh, all those bits and gags and characters doing it's a little too edgy. If we tone that down a bit, fellas, maybe, perhaps, maybe. I mean, it's called Community. Okay, let's all come together. Stop with all this mm. laughing. This laughter is is it's it's noise and it's upsetting my 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 uh, anxiety. Please stop laughing. Oh my! You know you're mentioning edginess. You know what one one of the things I hate the most about any sort of thing like in in fiction or just in general that people do 
when they're trying to be edgy, but it's very obviously like the faux edgy, like safe kind of edgy. Yeah. You know, like Rick and Morty, for instance. <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you, you're shitting on Christians and you're saying God isn't real. Wow, how fucking profoundly edgy in the Middle Ages, asshole. <laughs> See again, or is like, see again, oh, what? Like, you're, you're, this, you're saying capitalism is bad? Wow, never heard that one before. You're taking such a risk by shitting on conservatives, Christianity, and capitalism. It's, it says, Holy fuck, you're blowing me away. Yeah, really. It says a lot to me about, or comedians, about so. these fucking diversity hires and shit that they got. It says a lot to me that Rick starts out as a character you are not supposed to agree with. He is a, he is a train wreck. That's the whole point of his character. He's a fucking train wreck. Suddenly, here we go with season three. Suddenly, now he is the the mouthpiece of the writers, and you have all these fucking Facebook groups. There's like the real Ricks and shit. Mm-hmm. Says the, the humor in Rick and Morty is very subtle. Says a fucking lot that you people identified with and are now mouthpiecing through. The train wreck. Well, there is a reason that this show is called Reddit and Morty <laughs> on the internet occasionally, because that's kind of where the whole thing came from. Like, regardless of what the or- original intention of the character of uh, of him was or is, the fact of the matter is that people latched onto him yeah. As this wonderful character who's so great and who you should emulate and who's so smart and tells the stupid normies what it, how it actually is. And that, again, is very telling of these He's people. Basic- that y- you identified with the piece of shit. You know what it is? He's basically, in a sense, like almost their self-insert. Because him, like, just outright telling people, ah, your stupid god doesn't exist or whatever. That is what they wish they could do when they're at Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. for instance. Like when the mom is like saying, let's everybody say grace. You're all stupid. I believe in science. Don't you know that? Like God isn't real. I'm telling you this now for your own good. Yeah. I'm being transgressive. (laughs) Yeah. I am an iconoclast. Yeah, it's it's kind of fucking pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, it's very, very telling. This character was designed to be awful. And that's the guy you thought and saw. That's, I want to be like him when I grow up. By the way, here's a little message for all the liberal, quote-unquote, comedians and hyper-liberal liberal showmakers and so on and people that, you know, do that shit. Ah, we decapitated Trump because, you know, Marilyn Manson also recently did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They tried to be, like, super fucking hardcore cutting edge. Here's something that's undeniable, undeniably true and that will keep you up at night. Richard Spencer is more edgy than all of you put together, (laughs) which is fucking pathetic because the man is a joke who should never have the attention that he should have gotten. Yeah. Like his ideas are impossible and ridiculous. (laughs) And And he's not even a Nazi. Like, what the fuck? This is the best you can come up with? Like, for the super threat against America, like some guy who wants to create, like, a fucking... Uh, ethno-nationalist state which will never actually happen and especially since he wants to wants to somehow accomplish it via as he calls it peaceful ethnic cleansing and so, yeah and i know what he's trying to go for with that but it's like that won't work at all 
And even then, what the fuck is the fucking point? Unless we're meant to believe that just merely not being white already disqualifies you for being able to participate in a civilization, and we already know that's not true, so there's actually no point for fucking ethnic cleansing. But he's... Watch out for that guy. He's a spooky man. He he wears the Pepe pin. Gotta get him. But yeah, either way, even even that ridiculous joke of a person is infinitely more edgy than the entire fucking liberal establishment will ever be. In fact, that's ev- that's their fucking problem. They cannot be edgy by definition. They are the establishment. Like they are all of Hollywood. They are the entertainment industry. They are the media. They are half of the political machine in America. Like they're the entire Democratic Party. They can't be edgy. Yeah. You can't really you can't really, you know, speak truth to power when you're power yeah you can't be fucking edgy if your views are popular it's like oh what you spoke out against racism and you're for gay marriage oh wow incredible that is sure to you know to fucking amaze everyone this is something that nobody ever said before holy fuck (laughs) no you you don't think the gays should be genocided amazing join the fucking exclusive club of the fucking most of us so brave. Stunning and brave. <clears throat> I'm going to take a stand against racism. It's it's like Idup said. The entire thing is on the level of... Uh, what else do you think is bad, Einstein? I- eating your own shit. You shouldn't eat your own shit. <laughs> it's either that or shit that you shouldn't agree with anyway. What the fuck do we need these morons for? I I don't need a fucking liberal to tell me that racism is bad. I already know that. Everyone fucking knows that. Even the fucking racists fucking know that. (laughs) Which is why they're not really all that keen on openly parading their views around. Unless they got nothing to lose anymore anyway. And they are very well aware that they have no power in society. Unless they're, you know, Al Sharpton. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, uh, we got way off track, but is it discussing worth having? I think we're done with Neo Yokio. The point is that Rick and Morty is terrible. <laughs> so, um, anything anyone else want to add before we call out a day? Or a night? Uh, yeah, watch Xavier Renegade Angel. <laughs> uh, I feel like I had something to say, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Frutata. Oh, yeah, um... <laughs> Vampire Weekend is a shitty band. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a uh, music man here. Y'all y'all know I'm a music fanatic. Vampire Weekend is a terrible, terrible, terrible band. Um, they can only be referred to as music only in the most literal sense. Similar to how um, if I whistle a ditty, I am uh, creating music. Um, if I tap a rhythm on my desk, I am technically making music. That is the only facet in which Vampire Weekend is making music. Um, they are terrible. Uh, it does not surprise me that Ezra Koenig is a shitty person because generally these progressive types tend to think that as long as they just try, that's good enough. They don't actually have to have talent. In fact, um, you shouldn't have talent that gives you an unfair advantage over people like him. Uh, he's he's awful and his band is garbage. Um, don't read to your children. You're privileging them if they know how to read at an early age. <laughs> Real article, not satire. Yeah. Um, 
he is a product of basically that. Vampire Weekend is shit. Go listen to Power Man 5000 instead. <laughs> so I've been... If you're reading to your children, you're disadvantaging black people. Because as we all know, black people are too stupid to read and need our help. <laughs> Why you can call me a racist? I'm not a racist. I'm a warrior for black people. This is my this look, is my bla- this is my burden as a white man. Look, black guy who disagrees with me, just shut the fuck up with your internalized racism. You know, the black people need me, uh, the white bearded Twitter verified guy, to fight for them because I understand their struggles, just like Sean King, the greatest black leader of the world. <laughs> Sean King's so black he went right around and became white again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, don't listen to Vampire Weekend, which is I, – I can't keep – stop thinking of it because, like, I generally – I go through – Sean King isn't white. He is so black that there's just a glow around him from all the light that his skin is absorbing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's like I go through musicians that go through their whole catalog um, to check Sean out. King is actually a black albino. He had to escape Africa so they wouldn't eat him. <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> Try to use his bones to cure their AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we got like, I'll go through, um, Power Man 5000 recently. Um, I've been always meaning to just go through their catalog, see how they are in general. Cause I want like some of their songs. We all, we all know the song they did for Shadow. Um, and it turns out they're really fucking good. Like, probably better than the songs I was familiar with. And it stands out because, they have a song on one of their albums called V is for Vampire. And that one song about the, the tongue-in-cheek vampire song is is in itself better than the entirety of Vampire Weekend's catalog. <laughs> and, and it's not even the best song on that album. It's not even the second best song on the album it's from. I cannot stress, as a man passionate about music, how much I hate Vampire Weekend. And now I just hate them even more because Ezra Koenig brought us this thing and proved to the world just how out of touch and maybe not a human being he is. Because after, oh, after seeing this, no, a human being didn't make that. He's some kind of robot or alien, but he's not a person. I can guarantee you that much. He's a reptilian. Possibly. It's turning the uh, turning the frogs gay. This show may have convinced me that that whole reptilian thing might be real. Because yeah. ain't no damn way a human being <laughs> wrote that shit. <laughs> that is a... By the way, you know, you know what I hate? Irony. <laughs> Irony is horrible and should die. It's, it's about as horrible as that song that uh, Alanis Morissette wrote about it. So, anything else to add? Yeah, I want to go back to games for a second. Okay. Because you have two problematic games that gaming journalists are complaining about, but you know it's going to blow both of them out of the water? Recently, Honey Pop 2 was announced, and discussion of has already been banned on NeoGAF because of racism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. Have you seen the character designs, Cody? Yes, it's, it's wonderful. I think we may have a game of the year 2018 already lined up. <laughs> See, for I... those of you who haven't seen it yet, there is, for instance, one of the dating options, for instance, is like a Muslim girl. Her personality is that she's secretly a slut. And her day job is flight attendant. 
airport security. Yeah, airport security. That wasn't fucking. <laughs> and of course, there's Light a was the other one. There's a Hispanic character who's a maid. <laughs> Why not a gardener? Well, they gotta save some stuff for Honey Pop Three. Oh yeah. <laughs> but this game is going to double down on all the problematic stuff from the first one. It looks like, and it's gonna be great. I wonder if you. Yeah, I wonder if you can give this Mexican maracas and a fucking luchador mask. <laughs> This sombrero. Well, she's related to the other one, so hopefully. But yeah, Muslim working in airport security. The goth chick has no job. (laughs) Oh, and it has has a weeb who pretends to be uh, Gyaru. Yes. So you have a white girl pretending to be an Asian girl, pretending to be a black girl. (laughs) Wrap your mind around that one. You'd think they'd be all over that. Yeah, but her personality heard something more social justicey. Her personality is literally listed as annoying. <laughs> so, hive swap, good. Cuphead, good. A hat in time, good. Honey pup two, gonna also be good. So, uh, Neo Yokio, not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, from all of us here, the other side, I'm Cody Bar. I'm Max Vader. I'm Andrew Erickson. Saying, fuck your dumb Toblerone memes. It's not funny. It's not funny. They're shitty chocolates. Well, actually, but it's not funny. They are not that great. <laughs>